Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Parents threaten to call 911 because I won't video call them. Background. I am a 19-year-old female college student. When I get stressed or anxious, I get nasty acne breakouts. A couple weeks ago, my midterms began and my acne started getting bad. My parents, who are the entitled parents here, have me FaceTime them every week to check in. When they noticed my acne a couple weeks ago, they made comments like, verbatim, You look exponentially worse than you did last week and your face looks awful. It's made me feel pretty terrible. Normally, I'm a very passive person, but recently I've gotten more confident, and so tonight I decided to stand up for myself. For some other context, I have a mental health condition that my parents are very concerned about. My condition is well regulated, and I haven't experienced any significant flare-ups in over a year. Regardless, if I get stressed or worried, or if I otherwise act out of character, my parents immediately assume my condition has worsened, and that my life is therefore in danger. Fast forward to tonight, I call my parents at the scheduled time, And when they said, hang on, let's switch this to a video call. I said, I'd rather we keep it an audio call. In the past couple weeks, you've made some comments about my complexion that I was uncomfortable with. And though I know you didn't mean anything harmful, it still hurts. And since my face is still broken out, I'm not comfortable talking to you over video. The tone of my parents' voices changed and they said, OP, turn on the video. You don't have a choice. I stood my ground and just repeated, I'd love to tell you about my week and hear what's been going on in your life over the phone. I'm just not comfortable using video. My parents didn't take that for an answer. Since I rarely say no to them, their first thought was that I was mentally ill again. They told me, we need to see your face for safety reasons because we need to make sure you're healthy. I replied, I will tell you honestly that I'm doing fine. Aside from being stressed about midterms, which is a pretty normal response, I am healthy. And since you've told me you trust me, you should trust that I'm telling the truth and I'm doing fine. They told me they refused to believe that and accused me of hiding something from them. My mum asked me what on earth they said that could have been hurtful. They didn't do anything of the sort. About 20 minutes in, I was not going to budge. I was not going to turn the call on video, especially since they didn't respect my request, which I felt was simple and reasonable. My parents were getting furious and they told me that if I didn't turn on video and show them my face, they were going to call 911 and my campus's security system. In addition to getting immediately into the car and driving the three hours to my school. When I told them I was disappointed they didn't trust me, they laughed and asked me what on earth I was talking about. That I had no right to say that. I had lost their trust and I was irrational in thinking that I had the right to stop trusting them. I was called a spoiled brat irrational. My parents asked me what they ever did so wrong to deserve this treatment. They told me how worried they were for my safety and if I could just turn on video they would be happy to know I was safe. My mother told me that if I didn't turn on video she would call the police and they would take me into custody and I'd be spending the next six hours at minimum 
in the waiting office of a mental health facility. I was told that I was acting immature and I wouldn't be allowed to attend the summer program I've been accepted to. My father told me I was shutting them out and told me that if I didn't want to lose all their trust and respect that I would have to turn on video. I just kept saying, I'm disappointed that you don't trust me enough to respect my decision. All I asked was to keep the call off video this week and I understand and appreciate that you're concerned for me. This is me acting in my best interest. Finally, after about an hour of going back and forth, I decided to heck with it. I have work to get done. I don't have time for this argument. When I switched the call to video for them, my mother showed me that she had 911 typed into her cell phone and she told me that she had been hovering over the call button for almost 20 minutes. She showed me all the pamphlets and folders with emergency services and numbers which she had been going through and my father told me he had just been about to get in the car to head to my school. She started crying and talking about how worried she was and she said, promise me you'll never act like this again. This was stupid. I asked, what do you mean by this? She said, digging your heels in and being this irrational. I said, I couldn't promise that and I reiterated that I didn't feel I was being irrational. All I wanted was to call over phone and not use video this week and I felt I had not been respected. My dad snapped, don't you ever say anything about not video calling ever again. And that, ladies and gents, is the end of that one. Wow. I mean, what a story to come back to after a little break. Jesus. You know what? I think I've got a pretty simple solution for this one, OP. Let me know in the comments if you agree with the following. If your parents try to call you again and do the same thing, just tell them that you will no longer accept their calls until they respect your decision. To put it simply, phone call or no call. Like, come on, this is nothing but insane. No offense, but this sounds a little bit like emotional abuse to me. That stuff about the police, it sounds like you are legally an adult and therefore they can't take you into custody. But anyway, that doesn't matter. That is just insanity. I do understand that your parents want to make sure that you're absolutely safe. I get that. Every parent wants that for their children. But asking you... Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To turn on video when you're on phone call already, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you're calling their child, you should be able to know by their voice and their tone and what they're saying if they're safe. You don't have to see them. And also, if they're telling you, no, I do not want to turn on face cam because you're going to abuse me again, then respect that decision. Ugh, I don't know. This one's kind of annoyed me, to be honest. Anyway, let's move on to our next story. Entitled mum yells at me for bad service and then asks me for a job. So, I'm the manager of a popular fast food chain and our store is crazy when it comes to service because of the demand of the owner. You get better service in our dingy little burger joint than a five-star restaurant. We rush to open the door for our customers as they enter and leave. We serve them at their table, clear away their dishes, and we bring mints at the end of their meal. I'd also like to point out that we are not allowed to take tips, and if customers do leave tips, it goes to the owners. Hmm, okay. Also, we always go to the table after the customer has had a few bites to make sure everything is to their satisfaction. Anyways, this entitled mum was dining in, and apparently she is a regular, though I've never 
seen her before. She comes up to me in the middle of a huge rush. Excuse me. Hello, can I help you? Your employee was really rude. I want her fired. May I ask what she did to upset you? I told her my son's order tasted disgusting and he refuses to eat it. Your employee refused to get me a new one. She hands me the receipt which had about $50 worth of food on it and that is a lot of food for a fast food place. I'm sorry about that. I'll send someone over to pick up whatever your son didn't eat and we'll get your order made. What do you mean? We can dispose of the food that he didn't like so you don't have to clean it yourself. We already ate the food. Wait, you ate the food? Yes. You said it was disgusting. It was the worst food I've ever had in my life. Mom, I can't remake your entire order again. You've eaten everything. If your son didn't like it, I could definitely remake his order. But it was gross. At this point, her server overhears and joins in the conversation. Mom, I asked you if everything was to your satisfaction a couple of minutes after we gave you the order, and you responded, everything is fine. Well, it wasn't. Just give me the whole order. I'm sorry, Mom, but I cannot do that. She went nuts. I can't believe this is happening. I've never been treated with such disrespect. My son deserves to eat with his family. He will feel self-conscious with everyone watching him. Mom, I'm only able to fix what was wrong with the order, which is your son's food. The service here used to be amazing. It took us three years to beat you guys to the door. I told all of my church friends how good you guys were. Now you want to embarrass me? I'm sorry you are not satisfied with the service today. She cuts me off. I'm going to tell all of my church friends about you and your scam. We are going to get you fired. She proceeds to storm out without her children, who are scurrying after her once they realize that she wasn't coming back. I brushed this off and sent my report into the owners in case they called corporate. One week later, I'm working the same shift and in walks the entitled mum without her children. She comes up to me and smiles. Hi, I'm wondering if you're hiring here. I'm obviously stunned. What? I'm looking for a job and I absolutely love the service here. I want to apply. What? You want to work here? Yes, your service is amazing. It took us three years to beat you guys to the door. That's how good you guys are. We always recommend our church friends here. I really want to be a part of this team. At this point, I'm at a loss for words. I put on the sweetest smile and said, Lady, I can assure you that I will never hire you and I will make sure that none of our other locations hire you. You are the last person I want on my team, so I will not be accepting your application. I don't think anyone has ever spoken to her like that before because she just stood there with her jaw flapping open and shut, trying to process what happened. To be honest, I wasn't even sure what happened. I had never spoken to a customer like that before, and it was very thrilling. Since she didn't say anything, I continued. You are more than welcome to tell your church friends what I said. And I walked to the door and held it open for her. She was silent as she walked out and didn't even acknowledge me when I wished her a lovely day. Okay, that was a very interesting story. Let me give my thoughts on this one. Firstly, this is awesome karma, and it just proves never be mean to anyone because, you know, one day you you might ask that same person for a job. Secondly, yeah, if her son's food really was that bad and wasn't what it said on the menu, then fair enough, get a refund or get it made again. But after eating the food, no, that doesn't really work, lady. And thirdly, just a minor point in the story, but a major point for me in my head, why do your owners take your tips? I know that a lot of waiters are normally paid less than the minimum wage because there are tips to compensate, so I really hope you are paid more than that. That's a really immoral issue in my opinion. The whole point of waiting and doing your job well is to get tips 
tips that benefit you, no? If your owners are taking them, then what's the incentive for you to do well? That's just really, really crazy. But overall, yeah, another very interesting story, that's for sure. Now for our third and final story. The day my professor stopped a Karen from murdering a kid. Oh my God. This is not something that happened to me. It is a story my professor told us happened to him. I think this is a true story, but then again, I wasn't there, so I will let Reddit be the judge of that. I thought it belongs here. I hope to do this story justice. Now, these are the sort of intros I love. Even if this story is fake, it is a true story on the whole, which I'm really looking forward to. So, when my professor was in high school, he worked summers as a lifeguard to earn some cash. He has many interesting stories from his time as a lifeguard because many interesting people apparently attend public pools. The pool was divided in half by a lap lane. On the top half of the pool was the shallows with a set of stairs for the kiddies. On the bottom half was a small slide that emptied out into the deep end. In hindsight, this was probably a bad design because it meant that kids would constantly swim through the lap lane to get to the slide and back again. Now, there was this one lady who would frequent the pool. She would always bring a snorkel and flippers and swim the lap lane, as any sane person would do. It's the peak of summer and the pool is full of kids and their families doing as kids do. Racing each other across the pool, seeing who can hold their breath the longest, flinging water at each other, etc. Now, along came Karen, waddling over in her flippers, snorkel piece dangling out of her mouth. She jumped into the pool and began to swim her laps with her flippers and snorkel as every normal person does. Everything is fine for half an hour until my professor spotted Karen rising menacingly from the water like the Loch Ness Monster. She stood by the edge of the pool and screamed, Get these goddamn kids out of my goddamn lap lane! My professor, being in high school, was taken aback by this. Remember, he was a lifeguard in the story. He approached her and said, Whoa, dude, this is a family pool. You cannot say those things. Karen just glared at him. Mother effer, you had one freaking job. Keep these freaking kids out of my lap lane. She jumped back into the pool and swims halfway down before being intercepted by some more kids. She whirled back around and screams, this is the one place I can go to get away from my freaking kids. I deserve this. Get these freaking kids out. My professor asked her to leave the pool due to language. She began to slowly get out of the pool, looking exasperated. Do you guys know the look people get when they are thinking real hard about something? You can see the gears in their head churning and you know that it won't be good. That was the expression Karen was making as she planned her next move. Oh, I tell you what, guys, if it's a Karen who's thinking real hard about something, yeah, that cannot be good. Okay, let's see what happens. Karen turned away from the pool, shoved her snorkel back into her mouth and fell backwards into the pool, all the while flipping my professor the double bird. Karen began to angrily swim down towards the other end of the pool. My professor could tell how annoyed she was by the heavy puffing coming from the snorkel. Puff, puff, puff. Now, there was a group of sixth grade girls by the lap lane. They were supposed to be watching their toddler brother who was paddling around with green floaties. But these are 12-ish year old girls. They are obviously not watching him. They are chatting and playing games as people should be in a public pool. Naturally, the boy scrambles over the lane divides and yeets himself into the lap lane. Puff, puff, puff. Karen came huffing down the lane, getting closer and closer to the boy. I personally like to imagine this with the Jaws music playing in the background. My professor knew instantly that this won't be good, but he was on the opposite side of the pool and watched in horror as Karen grabbed the boy. The boy is so small that her hands fit around his waist, her fingertips nearly touching along his back. Karen rips the green floaties from this kid's arms and shoves him under the water, holding him there. Have you ever seen a person drowning? Their eyes snap wide, their pupils dilate, 
escalate as they lose control over their actions, causing them to flail wildly, even if they know how to swim. As soon as that kid began to spasm and twist, adrenaline took over. My professor had made saves before, but none like this. With all lifeguard training forgotten, he leapt into the pool, shoved Karen away, and shouted, Get off him! My professor grabbed a hold of this kid and swam with him to the shore and hefted him onto the poolside. He called out to his friend and co-worker, Lifeguard, get the water out! Because he couldn't for the life of him remember how to administer chest compressions. The rage within Karen subsided and the heavy feeling of wrongdoing set in. She grew eerily quiet when she realized what she had done. My professor roared for her to get out of the pool. The police were called and Karen was arrested. I don't know what happened afterwards, but that boy turned out fine. Oh my goodness me. Well, out of these three stories, this one is clearly the most dangerous. Wow. I'm just glad that boy is safe. I just love Karen's thinking here. Before we even get into the story, I love the thinking that I need to get away from these obnoxious kids. So I know I'll go to a public pool. Like, come on. No sane person has ever said that. It's so weird. Now, to be honest, I've never read a Karen story of aggression like this one. Honestly, I've seen quite a lot now. I've read Karen's grabbing arms and wrists and shoving people, but never to take the steps towards potentially killing someone. What the heck is this Karen doing? Imagine being the parent of this kid and seeing this happen. What would you be thinking? Oh my goodness. And yes, I do agree with you that the design of the pool is probably not great for everyone, but come on, that doesn't mean you can get annoyed with kids and try to murder them. What the heck? I just really hope that this Karen got put away for a long time because there's no doubt in my mind that that is attempted murder. She needed to go away for a long time. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't, right? (laughs) Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.